Hi there, it's Dallas Travers. Thanks so much for tuning in. You are indeed listening to Coaches on a Mission, the podcast for values-driven coaches who want a business you're really proud of. The episode you're about to listen to was recorded before we changed the name of the show to Coaches on a Mission. So you're gonna hear a reference to the Six Figure Coach podcast. Never fear, you're totally in the right place. These episodes were just way too good to remove from our archive. So I hope you enjoy and thanks again for tuning in. Hello, welcome to episode 34 of the Six Figure Coach Podcast. I'm Dallas Travers, and I'm really glad you're here because this show is dedicated to helping you soar past six figures without burning out or selling out. My guest today is Letitia Lynch, and I must confess that after we wrapped up recording, I sheepishly asked her, can we please be friends? Letitia is just one of those tell-it-like-it-is entrepreneurs with common sense and this approach to business that makes decisions really easy. So this, to me, is so refreshing because while there's all of this hype out there about, air quotes here, charging your worth in the coaching world, Letitia's case for premium pricing, it isn't based on feelings, it's based on facts. So a little bit about Letitia, her core mission is to help female entrepreneurs build and leverage their brand authority so they can confidently sell their services and coaching programs at a premium price point. She's been featured in Forbes, Atlanta Tech Edge, GBP Radio, and Authority Magazine to share her experience with technology, asking for more money, branding, and entrepreneurship. So Letitia has a special handbook for you. If you want to offer fewer services while making more money, you're going to want to grab this because it's going to help you avoid burnout and sleepless nights while still hitting your ambitious monthly income goals. So push pause on the show. Go and grab her guide now. I put the link in the show notes and you can come back because today the two of us talk about the real reason to offer premium pricing and the value that it brings to your business as well as to your clients. Grab a pen and paper because you won't want to miss a word Letitia says. Hey, Letitia, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to to hear your expertise and to dive in on this very juicy topic. I am so excited, Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the best place to start, one thing that I was so intrigued by when I first started learning about you was how you decided to get rid of all of your offers and really narrow your focus. So can you fill our listeners in on that story? Yeah. Okay. So... Last year, June of last year, I had already been working with my coach for about two months. We were picking all these offers, making sure I have the tier, you know, the classic tiers, like low tier and the mid ticket, high ticket. And I had been a designer. So I already had like three design packages. I launched some workshops and a masterclass in the same month. And that was my first time having a five figure month. So I thought in my head, this was how you get there. But um, because I had done so many of those things, I was like exhausted. <laughs> totally. Um, and you know, you're getting drained from even the live events, but also I was designing. So I'm exchanging all of my time for money. And the very next month, which is also when I quit my full-time job, <laughs> I was thinking 
do I have to keep doing all of these things to hit the same income goal? Or are there some more changes that I can make? So I started first easing myself into it. I eliminated two of my lower ticket design packages because they weren't really selling. And I started looking at the numbers. I'm like, well, I'm not really selling the brand strategy. Most people know they need the website. It's not really profitable. So I started cutting that. But that wasn't going to hit the like income goals that I had, which at that time, I think was like $10,000 a month. And I wasn't really going to be there otherwise. But because of the amount of exhaustion, I have my kid. I'm, I still was just getting used to not having a full-time job, but also the fear of now I'm supposed to rely on my own income. <laughs> I was like, what can I do to make this up? And I had already been kind of thinking, how can I develop my coaching business? I was like, okay, I have one-on-one coaching. That's doing pretty well. Let me cut out some of these little strategy sessions. I did 90-minute strategy sessions for like 497, you know, the classic coaching thing that we do. Totally. And I'm kind of mapped out what it would be if I had essentially my one-on-one price point, but for like a group. I wanted to do a mastermind or group coaching program. I'm like, okay, I could literally work with the same six people, but like at the same time, which means I'm now having the having the amount of time half. It's hard to say half, and then you know. Anyway, you know what I mean. Cutting it in half. <laughs> Cutting it Cutting in half. I'm uh-huh. <laughs> having to meet with each one of them one on one, and I'm like, oh, there's something to this. I could literally work with the same amount of people, less time and make more money, in fact, because I was going to be working with them for a longer period of time. That's now steady income. And that's what gave me kind of the confidence to cut everything out. And that was the first time I had a multi five figure month, which means I made more money, definitely doing less. I had one high ticket, what was a premium, an $8,000 design package and a, you know, $10,000 or $6,000 coaching program. And that's all I needed. And that was the end of all of the other things I was doing. That's all I needed to see is it was highly profitable and more predictable than any of the other random little things I was doing. Yeah. It's so interesting because I think there's this window of time when we first go into business for ourselves Mm-hmm. Their scrappiness is such a benefit. Yeah. Right? Try everything. Try everything. Yes. And then we forget <laughs> that we that there is also a time to drop the scrappiness. I see so many of our six-figure coach club members, when they want to make more money, the question they bring to the table is, what else should I offer? Or how much should I do? And it sounds like you, like that lesson was delivered to you in a really clear way when you scaled, right? By spending the same amount of time with fewer people in your group. Well, it's kind of like, so what clicked for me is the month prior. So I hadn't had a five figure month, obviously, but I was making like eight with all of these millions of offers. And I only went up, I mean, I went up significantly, but it was really stressful And I thought about some of the other months where they were pretty high, but I didn't get a lot of clients. And it was always the months where I sold my bigger things. And those were the months that I felt happy, you Mm -hmm. know, and you want to feel happy in your business. And I kept thinking like, why would I keep stressing myself out? Because now I have all these different things to talk about on social media. I'm going to be confusing every single person because half the people are thinking it's a $99 offer, which was my digital thing. And then half of the people are like, wait, wait, what about that $5,000 thing? It's impossible in a month's time frame to even talk about both. So now you have to pick and choose. If you pick the lower thing, now you're definitely not going to hit your income goals. And for me, this I was afraid. I'm like, I have to rely on my income. What do you do? You have to pick the thing that's going to get you to profitability is what I chose. And, and sleep. I miss sleep. <laughs> sleep. Okay, wait. 
Let me get this straight. You chose profitability and mm-hmm. rest. Is that that's where you came from? Okay. It's crazy <laughs> to think that those are priorities for some people, but for me, <laughs> for me, it was a priority to sleep and actually not, you know, be stressed or have to go back to a full-time job. <laughs> yeah. I think it's so easy also. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this to assume that. And it's, it's unconscious for sure, but to assume that if something costs less money, it it will be easier for people to invest in. Oh, no. And I think the opposite is true. It's the exact opposite. <laughs> I'll tell you. With it's the 60-year coach club, when I first priced the club, I just... I just forgot who I was for a minute, I think, but I was really hooked into this idea of it being a membership program. And then I realized that is a disservice. It shouldn't be a membership program because I'm all about building habits. Mm -hmm. And if you can be in a program that you can come and go from, how is that helping you build habits? Right? Not stable. Yep. So I just, I turned it into a year-long mentorship program, but did not adjust the price accordingly. I still had it priced sort of membership pricing-ish. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget, we were on a sales call with someone and we're explaining the program. She's a perfect fit, ticking all the boxes. We told her the price and her expression was like, such, she was totally confused mm-hmm. because she thought there's no way that she was understanding me properly because how could something be so excellent at that price? Mm-hmm. Right. So I know that you're all about high ticket and premium offers. So can you just talk more about your philosophy behind that and why you're so passionate about packaging coaching in that way? So one of the things I like to point out is when you're thinking about selling something low ticket, the goal of that low ticket thing is usually to solve a pain point, right? Mm-hmm. And it's usually people are paying low ticket to solve, to get like a quick win, to solve a quick pain point. But as a coach, I actually want to make big transformations and bigger transformations actually come with a more a bigger investment. It's an investment in your time. It's an investment in a commitment of actually doing the work, sticking to that program and actually seeing it through. It's an investment in my time and my intellectual property. And I feel like those things have to come with some sort of risk. And it's always a financial risk, but also the reward, a return on an investment. It needs to be there. That's how I think. I'm like, no, it needs to be something that everyone is risking something. We need to all have skin in the game, you know, if, yeah. if you will. And I feel like I also noticed that when people have more of risk involved in their finances, they take it more serious. They do the work. You show up to the calls. You're doing the homework. You're asking questions. And think about it like for like common things. If I pay five dollars to go to a concert and the day of the concert, I'm kind of sleepy. I only lost five dollars. Who cares? But if I lost $1,000 for a Beyonce front row ticket concert, I'm going to go, I'm going to get my life together and I'm going to drink some coffee and I'm going to head to the Beyonce concert because I just spent $1,000. It's the same thing I feel like for business. It's an emotional purchase to purchase something at that price point versus just logic of like, tell me the logistics. It does it have, you know, does it have a document? What's the template? Cool. I'll get it. Emotional purchases require you to really think about your future, think about your family, who's this going to affect and that's when people take it serious. So that's why I'm like, why am I wasting? I'm not, it's not a waste of time. I don't want to be negative. It's not a waste of time. But if you care about bigger transformations as a coach, then you really do have to spend a little bit more time and they need to invest in that. Yeah, I really hear that. So what I hear you saying is it's almost a disservice to not 
offer a higher ticket because when you do, you're opening something up in the client and how they relate to themselves that just isn't possible if they're buying a 997 course. So I feel like one of the things you have to remember is that I, I like to think about it as if I were paying for, like if I had a headache, right? And I wanted to just make this headache go away so I can get the rest of my work done for that day, then I'll take Tylenol. That's great. But if that headache keeps coming back every single day, then there might be something more wrong. I probably then have to go to the hospital to a professional. I need to see a doctor. I'm going to pay more to see that doctor because he is going to make sure that this goes away because I have a sinus infection. It wasn't a headache. Advil was never going to solve this sinus infection. We want to solve their actual problems and not put band-aids on their bigger problem. And as coaches, that's our, I feel like that's our, that's our duty is to not just cover up their problems and make them feel like it's better for a little while. That's not a long-term transformation. Yeah. We want to make long-term transformations. Yeah. I really and hear people that. People seeing that price point, it makes sense what you said earlier, because it's like, if somebody tried to sell you like a Lamborghini and it's like a hundred dollars, you would be like, what's wrong with this Lamborghini? Right? hundred <laughs> percent. I would not buy it. I would write. I'm like, that's pretty cool, but it's going to blow up when I drive, right? That's that's what people were thinking. Like, this is the Lamborghini of coaching. You know, you said it was a a mentorship program. This is the Lamborghini of mentorship programs, but it's not Lamborghini pricing. I'm confused. And now I don't trust it. People don't trust it. (laughs) Yep. 100%. This also reminds me, I have this Burberry wrap. I bought that a month after I got married. I've been married for 13 years. It still looks brand new, by the way. Okay. Mm-hmm. I spent $840 on that wrap, which at the time was cuckoo. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> I love, I'm going to be buried in that thing. Yep. I love it so much. Every time I wear it. it, I take good care of it. it Every time the cleaners. I wear it. Yeah. I like myself more when I'm in it, all of the things, because it was a literal investment. Mm-hmm. And it immediately helped me relate to myself differently because mm-hmm. I suddenly I was behaving like someone who deserved to invest in that way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which, and we can't, that is something that happens internally for the client. And it really only gets tri- triggered when we invite them to commit at a higher, at a level beyond what they're comfortable with. Exactly. Pushing them beyond their comfort zone so that they can, they can actually jump into the adventure of making a big transformation. Yeah. That's so beautifully said. So I'm just curious if you were coaching someone around, so you're coaching another coach, we're going to get really meta here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And they, they, they're sitting here and they agree with you. Yes, I get it. I'm all about transformation. And yet they had a, like, and their response was, well, what if nobody buys? What's your react? Like, how do you react to that statement for them? I always, when I'm, I do work with coaches. So sometimes I'm like, Hey, look at, let's look at facts. Is it a fact that people in your industry, you've seen other people that are coaches charging more money for something that you're thinking about doing something similar. And they're like, well, yeah, I see it all the time. I'm like, so it is a fact that people can afford to pay more Right. And they're like, yeah, well, yeah, of course they would. Have you ever offered this and actually done the due diligence of taking them on a journey of understanding the value? Do you understand how to articulate the value? Can you say it to me right now? Well, no, I don't. Well, then that's what they're not buying into. They need to see the value. So if you do you think that if you could actually articulate the value that people would see it, are you getting results? Well, yes, I've gotten results and my clients have hit six figure, whatever they're saying. I'm like, well, then it's a fact that you can get results. It's a fact that what you're offering has value. And it's a fact that people will pay for that value. 
So then let's talk again. Why aren't you charging more for it? Why aren't you willing to sell it for that price point? They're like, well, now I just need to learn how to sell it. That's all you need to say. It's not that you can't. It's not that people won't buy it. It's that you just need to learn how to sell it better. And that's what we work toward, you know? Yep. A hundred percent. So let's talk a little bit more about that piece. Can you educate us please on how, on your approach to structuring and actually pricing premium Mm -hmm. offerings? So I always think first, again, I like to start at facts. Um, All of my offers start with a pricing model that's focused on the fact that I have to live Okay, great. My personal expenses and I have to pay my business expenses. And at the end of the day, I have to think about how much time I'm going to contribute to whatever that offer is. And then a profit, 10% profit margin at bare minimum. Mm-hmm. And when you start factoring that in and how much it costs to actually do that service and how much time you actually will spend during the duration of that service, actually working with that client, client communication, the actual calls working on, you know, the resources and all those things, there is value in that time and value in the resources in that intellectual property. And that's kind of the place where I start at with pricing, which is usually way larger than what people are already charging because it's facts, right? I'm like, you do spend 40 hours over the course of the two months working with that person. Did you think about that? They're like, nope, I didn't even factor in the emails. You're emailing them. You can't work with someone else if you're in the middle of emailing this one client. So that is time that's dedicated to that person and they deserve that time, but they do have to pay for it because you can't help anyone else. So you're now dedicated to them. They own that time and they'll pay for that time properly. And people, when people see that, it's it always works itself out to be exactly what you need to be charging. Plus, your business will grow at the end of the year. You should see some some green, right? You should be in the black at the end of the year. <laughs> right. It's such an, an obvious reminder, but just for everyone listening to hear that you are in business and businesses are designed to be profitable. That's the whole freaking point people. So for you with your pricing, it sounds like you're really clear on your overhead. You value your own time. And then you remind yourself, wait, this is a business. So this, when all of that is said and done, we still need money in the bank. Otherwise it's not really a business that I'm running. Oh, you're just breaking even at the end of the day. And think about like, if we, we were in corporate, we would not accept jobs at the prices that we're charging for our own services. If it, if we worked it out to be a salary, it would be like, $20,000 a year, $30,000 a year. And most of us with degrees or we've been working in an industry for X amount of years, we would never accept that from a corporate employer. But when it comes to us actually pricing ourselves, it's like we forget that salary that we were earning in corporate or Mm -hmm. the salary that we thought we were going to get if we finished college or whatever educational practices you chose. We forget that and we immediately revert back to, well, I don't want to say the price, but you would gladly walk into the office of HR and say, this is what I deserve. And if they were offering it, you'd accept that position. Well, you need to accept the position as a CEO in your company and pay yourself like one and not most of us are paying ourselves like we're assistants, maybe, but not the CEO. And We're definitely the CEO and I've seen those paychecks and we're not getting that. The most common and most dangerous question other coaches ask me is this, what more should I be doing? This question, it keeps you stuck scrambling every month to find more clients, throwing a launch together at the very last minute, or just trying to put together some semblance of a business strategy from all the free stuff you can find online. So instead of asking, what more should I be doing? The real question here is, how can I do less? 
or where can I go deeper? These are the questions we'll tackle inside a brand new class for coaches called The Coach Class. So if you're tired of winging it, second guessing yourself at every turn, or working way too hard to keep your business running, The Coach Class could just change your life. Go to watchthecoachclass.com right now to grab your free spot inside this special webinar. You know, there is an easier path to six figures and the coach class will show it to you. Registration is open this week. So again, the URL is watchthecoachclass.com. I will see you over there. So tell me, because you work with coaches, so when you get into the mindset behind their fears or their approach to pricing their offers, what do you see coming up? What gets in their way? It's like three things, I feel. So the first is they're pricing based on what they assume people can afford. And I remind them that you do not know that person's financial abilities you don't are you have you seen their bank accounts just because they're asking you questions about pricing doesn't mean they won't pay it they're just inquiring which makes sense right so they're assuming how much someone can afford they price based on what they themselves would actually pay if you have never spent a lot of money that's a weird thing to assume to ask someone to do i wouldn't pay that so why would i think someone would pay me that mm-hmm. and then i think the third reason is they don't have the confidence in their self-worth. And they think it's because of that common phrase of price your worth, you know, that phrase has made people think that now their value of their service is tied to their own confidence in themselves. And I'm sorry, we everybody's not super confident, but that has nothing to do with how you're pricing your business. And we have to separate self-value from the actual value of the transformation, which should be the focus of the value of the service and definitely not what you think about yourself. Because there are people to help you work on your self-worth and knowing that you're worthy. There are mantras, things that you can say, there's therapy, whatever you need to do, but that still is outside of your business. And that's definitely separate. (laughs) Yeah. So what is your, how do you turn it around or help a client turn it around when they've really bought in? I want to talk more about this charging your worth. Oh, such a terrible (laughs) phrase. It's it's so terrible. I've said it before too. It's like, because, because you hear it. So you're like, yeah, no, you're worth, charge your worth. But yeah. But if we're being honest, you know, I'm a mom, so yeah. I look at my daughter, and there's no price tag on that unless it's like eighteen bazillion dollars, right? Like she is worth that much. So even the idea of pricing your worth is lie, because is a lie. Like you're not going to charge eighteen bazillion dollars. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Right, and it just I think it takes people out of their own authenticity. Right. Because I'll have to charge my worth and I don't think I'm worthy. So now I'm going to pick this price point that's beyond what I can get out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I'm going to have all of the issues that come with that and inability to sell because I don't believe in the transformation. Or the opposite. opposite. Yeah. Right? (laughs) The opposite. They resent the clients or the work because they've underpriced it so much and they still have to put in that that time. They're still making the course or spending all this time on the phone and answering Voxer in the middle of the night. And now they resent the job, which is also not the point of your business, especially a self, your your self-employed business. You should actually be doing what you love and what brings you joy. And it sucks when it can't bring you joy because you are now overworking and exhausted and yeah, resentful. 
Yeah. So Letitia, full confession, when I first got my coaching certification, I charged $36 a session. Mark Which is like such a random number. And it's very know. random. Yeah. I don't know where I got that number. Um, and you're exactly right. I had, and I had one client. Okay, $36. Of course I had one client. Who's going to waste their time? Because Co- everyone was like, absolutely not. Right? Uh, but so her name was Erica. I'll protect her last name here. But And boy, Erica, canceling at the last minute showing up, not yeah. following through at all. There was you didn't value your time. investment, right? Yeah. And I couldn't stand Erica. You're how like, could, Erica how is dare no she, right? Erica is no worse, yeah. Right, yes. <laughs> and then one day I realized, wait a second, she's paying what I asked of her. Like, why am I now holding this against her? So mm-hmm. I really, I totally relate to that. Now, I want to get your take on this because I think that we could have differing opinions and I would love to hear a different perspective. So one thing I say often to the members inside the Six Figure Coach Club, there's a percentage of them that are pretty new. Okay. And I know, boy, the quickest way to raise your price is to get coaching people, right? Yeah. Like you get clients and like get in, start to see results, and then you can feel more confident about your pricing. Mm-hmm. So I often will say to them, the price to charge is the thing that you can say without throwing up. <laughs> understanding, right, that you're, I use the analogy of my daughter who walks around in my shoes, which are way too big for her, and yeah. she wobbles around and can't, like, can't get anywhere because the pricing shoes are too big. That so that's usually the feedback I give people is I love that. start where you're at. So, but mm-hmm. am I, am I missing something with that? Or am I reinforcing a fear that they might have by taking that stance? No, I don't actually feel like you're reinforcing anything negative, even with the metaphor that you use. It actually sounds amazing. I I feel like it's something that no one has articulated to me in that way. I think of it, I always think of it from like a perspective of college or or full-time employment, like in in corporate. Mm -hmm. There's entry level, which makes sense. You just got out of college. You actually have not applied these techniques, whether you went to school for it or you got certified, whatever you did, that was not really application Mm -hmm. with the exception of like doctors who have to actually perform the thing. Most of us aren't really performing it with any like risk, like no one's going to die at the end of the day if we mess up, you know, a coaching session. (laughs) So it's not a lot of risk. So in the beginning, I do feel like you have to remember where you are and actually get some results, build up results. I'm not going to lie. When I started my coaching business, I gave away 10 coaching sessions. That was it. I said, I would get trans, I would make transformations. I would get these testimonials. And that was what I would use to propel my business. And that's exactly what I did. Hmm. But my first official coaching session that I charged was $600. (laughs) And then that person paid though. And I felt a little bit more confident. So then I charged 1500 the next time. And then when that person paid, that's where it saved, by the way, (laughs) for a while. I was like, that feels comfortable. I do feel like you have to, I like how you said it, what would not make you throw up, but also what doesn't completely devalue your time. So maybe my sessions would, it wouldn't be three months worth of me working with you for $500 a month. Let's do an accelerator. Let's work together for six weeks. Let me prove myself and then upgrade you into the next package. Mm -hmm. I do feel like you have to put yourself out there and get testimonials. It's really hard to trust someone who doesn't have a brand People aren't aware of what you can do. People don't trust you. And high ticket is about trust. They can't really do that. Or you would be building your brand 
like just building the brand for a few months before you start putting out your official price. So it's one or the other, either work for, do, do, do free marketing for a while, build up your brand recognition and then charge the thing or work with a few people, get some experience, get those names on the books, get those testimonials and then charge more. But you have to, you have to do one of those. You have to pay your dues. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I hear you. I'm with you there. So I'm just, I'm thinking about that Erica. <laughs> Oh, I've had the Erica, my person, I don't even remember my person's name. So I'm like, she will be wiped from memory, the name which we shall not name because it was so frustrating. I, you know, for me, it was as a designer. So I started off as a designer and my client, I was charging like $200 or something for this logo. And I kid you not, I had to get on the phone. She was texting me all the time. So she didn't care about my time. She texted me all the time. She would ask for edit after edit. And then like, let's redo everything. I'm like, but you approved that. And now you changed your mind because you talked to your best friend, but your husband didn't like it. And it, it became the nightmare that never ended. And because I also didn't have in my contract how many edits you got, because I didn't know any better. Right they could just walk all over me and it just became, but then when I got my first $800 logo from 200, that person was actually better. They took it a little bit more serious and it was a better client. The higher the price point, the better the clients. Now I'm not going to lie. I get less leads, but when I do actually get a lead, those are almost always going to be hundred percent. I'm in. I just want to talk with you for a little bit and learn just how you can help me. I don't waste a lot of time on sale in sales DMs or sales calls anymore because those people are like, I'm in, I'm invested, let's do this. And this is a big deal for me. How, when can we get started? And I would rather have five sales calls that close than 25 conversations with maybe three of them turning into nightmare clients. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And this is just a reminder that we show people how to treat us, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. So, like this the $200 client with no boundaries in the contract and you not course correcting along the way. That's on, that's on you, right? That's Erica, like that whole thing. So yeah, (laughs) I totally get it. So I'm curious now, I'm going to, there's so many things I want to ask you. So let's start. (laughs) I want you to talk about why you're so passionate about high ticket and premium offers. We've been kind of talking around it, but I don't know that I've asked you to like make the case for that. And then I want to know more about what your sales process actually looks like. Okay. So first, the reason I'm so passionate about it, or even just my business at all, is because I am frustrated with how women are typically treated financially in the world. So, you know, I actually have a big corporate background. I was a marketing manager for 14 years. So I loved corporate. I played great with everyone. So I did well. However, the second I found out I was pregnant, I happened to get laid off. And then that ruined kind of like the trajectory of my income, right? And then I had to take some time off. And then when I went back to work, I needed to nurse and they didn't have a place. So I had to quit that job. And then all that did was kind of ruin the salaries that I had been building in my career. Mm. But my husband is just chugging away at work. None of that happens to him. It's just me. And I thought about the fact I got, and I also got laid off another time, like right after my honeymoon. And I kept thinking like, why does this keep happening? And my husband's never affected by this. Then I was like, well, I'll work for myself. I can charge what I want. Well, when I looked at the statistics for female entrepreneurs, we charge, we undervalue like 28% less of what a male entrepreneur would charge. We're 28% less. So not, I can't blame the patriarchy or anyone else. It's us still not knowing how to just say it. 
we're typically the ones that are like, don't talk about pricing because you're going to offend people or I can't mm. show up on camera because of how I look. We're the only ones thinking that way. So it is my mission to help women to see that money isn't a bad thing. It's how you sustain your lifestyle. It's how you maintain your mental health. I can pay for my therapist. I can go to on a staycation. These things are important. Those are kind of like some of the things that I was really passionate about. And I thought about how much time that people expect me to be a great mom and not get any sleep, but also run my business and also clean up probably and maybe cook some food. I'm like, so when am I supposed to sleep again? And how am I supposed to run this business that, you know, was a real business. And when I thought about that, I'm like, I can't, I have to give up time somewhere. I don't want to give up time with my child. Mm-hmm. If I want to stay married, I cannot keep giving up time with my husband. And if I want to actually be a happy, nice human being, I can't give up my time with my friend or my wine, you know? Right. <laughs> so we have to figure out how to reduce our time, but not let that affect our income. And the only solution that I could think of, unless I want to spend a lot of time developing digital products, which I also do not want to do because I don't believe in low ticket transformations. I want those big transformations. Then that means I have to dedicate my time to something that will make more income without making me overwork myself. My actual first, um, <laughs> my first little digital product with that digital product, like digital freebie for people was um, go from overlooked to overbooked without overworking yourself. And I was so proud of my little title. So clever. I like <laughs> I wanted you to say, sell high ticket because you could actually work less and make more. It's how I figured out how to fix my design business. Instead of me working with 10 $100 clients so that I can make my 10,000, you know, whatever I want to make or 1,000. I'm terrible with math. Anyway, <laughs> you get what I'm saying. Instead yeah. of me doing that, I can work with one $1,000 client. And then it became, well, if I do a coaching program, if I just work with two people who pay me, you know, uh, $5,000 a piece, then now I made my $10,000 month and I could focus on actually giving them everything giving them the best resources, giving them the best transformations, having the most deep conversations because I'm not so stressed that I have to rush them off the phone for the next thing. Yep. And it felt so good. I am at ease when I'm launching every month. I don't have to be stressed. Like I need 10 of these people. Now I can take my time. I've been kind of cruising through this mastermind launch. I'm like, whatever happens, happens. But you do not feel whatever happens, happens when you're undercharging because you can't afford to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm onboarding my mom right now. I would never have had the time to do that because she does not know how to use computers. So I'm just basically sitting with her all day, showing her how to use email. I wouldn't be able to do that with my mom, who I love. I wouldn't be able to have the patience or capacity to do that while launching if I needed 20 people because I would have to hustle. And I don't believe in hustle culture. Culture. I hate yep. it. Yep. I really hear you. So I don't know how conscious this was for you or if it was that from a place of necessity, but you just shared with us your, your mission and then your business model is a hundred percent aligned with that mission and ever on the outside looking in, but also on the inside looking out, it's really something. Yeah. I, it- the thing about women, because it affected me so much, it became a passion and obsession for me. I'm like, is that, that's crazy. And you know, I'm a black woman. So then I looked at those statistics. I'm like, and it's even worse. The the more ethnic you get, the worse it got. I was like, oh my goodness, look at our Native Americans. Like it just got worse. It's scary just how bad it is. But just even for white women, it's actually just bad for all of us. It's just bad. And I think that it's sad because when I would talk to my husband, this is like a personal moment. When I would talk to my husband about, you know, I want to quit my job because I'm really stressed and I love my business. He's like, no, you can't quit your job. I'm like, you don't get to make that choice. 
So many people make choices for us. They tell us how to feed our children. They tell us how to parent. They tell us how to look. They tell us how to dress. They tell us what we can do with our bodies. Like we get told so many things and I'm like, just let us make decisions. And I want my, like women to take their lives back and also take their pockets back. (laughs) It's, it's just, it's not fun. I, I, my husband's great. He takes care of the home if he needed to, but if I ever wasn't with him, what would I do? I wouldn't have savings or anything proper. My name isn't on the house because we were dating when he got it. Like, it's just all these things that are typical for women. And it's sad. And I don't want to feel like that. I have a son. So I'm like, well, he's fine. He's a (laughs) society will take care of him. But for the women, the girls growing up, I'm like, no, no one's going to take care of you. Take care of yourselves. Mm -hmm. And we're one, we're further than our moms and even our grandmothers and great grandmothers. I mean, obviously we've come a long way, but when you look, when you really look at it, it hasn't changed a whole lot. They just allowed us to go to work now and wear pants. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I really hear that. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm really getting from you as we wrap up here is that this business model and your strong belief in premium offerings, it also just reinforces this new definition of what women are capable of and allowed to choose. It's really, it's really. Yeah. And even just, you know, I kind of made the transition from high ticket, which was the start, like first stop selling low ticket, get into a $1,500 offer because yes, I could work with now five people, but what if you could just work with two? and still hit that income goal? What if you happen to get three and now you blew your income goal out of the water? Yeah. That's what's happening now. It's why I moved over to, you know, I still have my high ticket, but the premium signature offer, I only need one of those. When I had my $8,000 design package, I only needed one of those clients. And then whatever else I needed to do, I was making the best designs because I could oh. really think, right? Totally. You have yeah, and and exercise and like yes. all of these other things. That I'm eating lunch. Crazy. <laughs> I've been eating lunch. <laughs> I've gone for a walk. <laughs> I bought this treadmill and I've gotten on it three times. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't different. happening. Yeah. <laughs> I see my kid now. He hangs out with me. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's really something. Yeah. So my big takeaway from our conversation is that there's so much more heart and soul and purpose and benefit behind, I'm using air quotes for those of you who can't see me, <laughs> high ticket and premium offerings than yeah. just this cliche of charging your worth. And that it's not even about that at all. And you know, I'm really a 10K taking- month. Oh my goodness. It's like, no, 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 no. What I want is to really give my all to two to three of my ideal clients to help them get the biggest transformation. And I can only do that if I'm getting sleep, if I'm eating, if I'm healthy, and if I'm actually dedicating time to listen and track data and measure that data and help them get these results. I can't do that if I'm stuck on social all day because I have to be, if I'm on 37 calls. Yeah. So that's big transformations is the goal. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on the show before we say goodbye. Is there anything else that we didn't cover that you want to leave our listeners with today? No, I feel like I love that we're on the same page about that whole self-worth thing. I'm glad that I'm not the only one that's like, that is really weird. I I just love, I love everything that you do, everything that you say. I love how you guide people through decisions. I feel like 
I don't want to ever be, I, I want people to know that you don't have to like listen to your coach with your pricing. You need to feel and think through mm-hmm. your pricing and always think about it from a place of facts and an educated decision versus an emotional decision. And when you start looking at those things, blame the facts. Well, the fact is I have to charge this or else I won't have a home next month, you know? And that's what I want to leave your, I, I, every coaching client that's kind of working their, their nerve up when I talk to them about facts, they really start to think about like, you know, I didn't think about it that way. You're right. People will pay that. They've paid others. I did what she did. What did she do with her content? (laughs) And then I can do it too. So yeah, that's all. I I love what you do. It's amazing. (laughs) I'm a fan too. So thank you so much for coming on the show and thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Six Figure Coach Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and review the show. That's really the best way to show your support. Now, if your goal is to build a six-figure coaching business and you need a simple system to get there, I would love to invite you to join us inside the Six Figure Coach Club. I'm so proud of the community we've built there. Plus, the mentorship and training you'll receive is truly unmatched. Now, the first step to joining us is to actually watch the coach class. That way you can see how my approach to six figures can work for your business. And from there, you can apply to join us inside the club. So go to watchthecoachclass.com now to learn more about how I can help you reach your business goals inside the Six Figure Coach Club. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you next week.